Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of At The Movies with William Fletcher. As per usual, I am your host, William Fletcher. And this week, we... Man, this is going to be maybe my most interesting episode today. This is a film that is honestly... Because every episode I've done before this has all been very... Um, mainstream well-known stuff you know stuff like titanic and get out and you know these you know and rear window and all these big famous films but this is perhaps one of the most obscure films i will ever cover for this show um yeah this way we'll be covering the uh south korean film spring summer Autumn, winter, and spring. So I'm basically. This is going to be a bit of a different episode because I've done um before. Well, as you can tell, it's just me doing this episode this week. Uh, so in the past, I've done a couple like solo episodes of the regular show, and then I've done some other individual episodes. My um. You know, everything I've watched this month, episodes, which um, I'll be having one released soon, actually. I think I'm recording this the day before the new one should go up. Um, and every and occasionally if I don't have, if I'm not, not able to get a film, to get, get a film for an episode, I will just, uh, just do, like, on my lists. But I think for the next... I should. I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try and keep it primarily like film discussions. Where I, and if I can't get someone to record, it will just be me recording the episode. Which you know, isn't always the most entertaining because my voice gets sore, and I'm sure it must be somewhat boring to to keep listening to my voice every week. But uh, I've got some episodes planned with some other people. Um, hopefully, gonna have some stuff planned, and I uh, know hopefully. I don't know how likely this is, but hopefully, uh, probably next month, maybe the month after, I will be getting an episode out with a very, hopefully, this is, I, I do say hopefully, because who knows, stuff can change, but um, I will be maybe having a pretty, uh, well, a, a not somewhat major guest, but I'm not going to say any names or, sorry, just putting my, take my jacket off, I'm not saying anything, I'm not going to confirm anything, because, um, Basically, anything can happen, and it, and that episode that might not happen. Uh, so I'm not gonna say anything yet. But this week, we I will be talking about this film. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, uh, it's free on YouTube, so you can go watch it. Right, you can pause this episode, go go watch the film, and then come back and finish listening to this, or not. This is um, I I will say this. I'll sort of go through various parts of the film and sort of the whole metaphor, because this is a very metaphorical film that really um focuses there's very little dialogue in the film uh and then what i the version i was watching on uh, youtube that i found i did have subtitles but i i uh, i i think this is a film that doesn't require dialogue like if you took the dialogue out the story still works like it, it could just be like a silent film um I'm actually going, I should, before I talk more about the film, I should give you some history on the film and sort of how I came to it and how I heard of it. And, um, yeah, and then I, and if you have, if you, if you want to watch the film after this, 
I guarantee, even if I tell you what happens, I'm not really spoiling it. You still will learn. You like the film's still worth, even though you know what happens. But if you want to go watch the film, you can and come back to this. That's totally fine. So, um, well, how did I come to this film? And yeah, so I, I should say first off, I I like foreign cine- foreign language cinema. Uh, so by that I mean, of course, n- non English cinema, because you know I primarily watch English films with English speaking characters. I have seen some foreign films. I've seen uh, Parasite. I've seen Farewell. Uh, I've seen The Hunt, which I'm a massive fan of, and I've seen a couple other things. But I haven't seen a massive modicum and a massive range of foreign films. I've got like lists of like foreign films that I need to watch because they are, you know, some of the best for cinema is foreign language. But this was a film that I always, um, it's, uh, I I didn't know much about, so I first heard about it from um, someone, a podcaster, uh, who I I think I've mentioned before, uh, he's one half of the Diminishing Returns podcast, Sol Harris, uh, and so go check them out, and uh, yeah, support them on Patreon and stuff, or just go check out their show. Uh, so he has a list on their website of his hundred favorite films of all time, and and that film was on the list, and and I because so when I first looked at that list. I knew what a lot of the stuff on the list was. Like I had seen, I'd either seen it or I'd had heard of it. And it was like, you know, real classics, you know, there was like, you know, real classics on there. And there were a handful of films that I hadn't heard of before. And this was one of them, spring, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. Or in some variations, it is called spring, summer, fall, winter, and spring. But I say autumn because we don't call it fall here in Australia. And uh, I'd also heard of this film from another podcast, an Australian podcast called the uh, Pool Boys Recommend Podcast. One of the guys, basically what they do is they recommend a podcast for each other to listen to. Not a podcast to listen to, just a thing for them to do. And so one of them had recommended for one of them to watch this film. And so I'd heard of it then as well. And I I knew it was a film that I didn't that I had to sort of be in the right mood for, and I had to because this is a film that you should really watch in one sitting. You shouldn't pause in between because I don't think it is as effective or works as much. So I'll give like the basic premise, and then I'll just take out take down some sort of major points. So the film was directed by Kim Kidah, I think it was, who is a um. I think a very well-known South Korean filmmaker. He's 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 very good. Another one is um, Three Iron. He's also free on YouTube that I've heard is good and I will watch as well. Um, so this film really, it's uh, so I'll give you the yes. Yeah, so the basic premise is basically it takes place over those five seasons: spring, summer, autumn, winter, and spring. And so. The film, it starts, so basically it sort of follows the journey of two characters and follows this. So the film opens with just a young boy and an old monk. And they live on the, uh, a monastery, as it's uh, as a monastery. And basically it sort of tr- tracks the journey of these characters and what they do and... Um, so basically spring, so it starts with the main character as a young boy, then summer, it jumps ahead 10 years or so, 
so he's a teenager and he's still that and it's in summer then it jumps another 10 to 20 it the it said that like each it's split into those five chapters as so there's like a title card of each chapter and then so it's like each chapter starts the same way so it has a title card of the season and then it open, and then it's a pair of doors that open to reveal the monastery, and um, it changes depending on the different seasons. So like, there's a platform they stand on in spring, then as it gets progressively closer to stuff like fall, winter, and autumn, the platform the water level has risen, so the platform is just completely covered in water. And so it just sort of is a is a very metaphorical analytical state of what these um of these people well of these two characters really. So I made a lot of notes for this. Um uh so I think what I might do is just give do go through some notes. I'll, I'll go for sort of basic stuff first, and then I might go into some deeper points. So first of all, I want to I want to say that all the performances in it are really good. Um, and like, there's um a kid actor. So in the first season is spring. We have a young kid and this old monk. And so, <clears throat> sorry. And the kid actor is really good. He he. There's very little dialogue, as I say. There is very little dialogue. Um. So, yeah, it it's, starts with him as a kid, and I think he gives a really good performance. And I'll get back to him later because there's sort of an overarching, um, like sort of character thing with him. And so, actually, I might just go through each of the seasons and just sort of talk about what happens and um, just sort of my general, over, like, thoughts. So, yeah, so it starts off in spring. And so this kid, this this young boy and this old monk, they live in a monastery together. And um, so the kid wakes up. And, uh, so, yeah, so the kid wakes up, and he is very much, like, um, he's a, he's a bit of a crappy kid, honestly. He does some, th this film, I will say, I'm just gonna be completely honest, um, I'm just gonna be completely honest. Right up front, my feelings about this film. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so. It was. It was very, very good. And and I thought it was a film that I might not like because it might be a bit too arty, a bit too pretentious, a bit too like, but metaphorical for the sake of it, and it doesn't really enhance the story per se. The film, yeah. So it opens with the this kid and this old monk and and this place they're in. And we see, well, first off, right off the bat, there is absolutely beautiful cinematography. Like, the cinematography, like, it's some of them, like, it seems that, like, a lot of foreign language films have some 
absolutely amazing cinematography. And I just think this has, and this has got some of, it's just so, it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, so this guy, this kid, so him and the um, old man, they go around and they pick like plants and stuff and they, they're doing all the things, they're praying and everything. And then, uh, then, uh, well, there's lots of animals like snakes and fish and spiders and the, um, the kid runs into, he's like picking these plants and then a snake is like coming towards him and he just picks up the snake and just throws it away. And I'm like... Jesus, like, I would like to think that wasn't a dangerous snake that they had that kid throw, but also, based on other things that they do in the movie, it might be, like, a, it might have been, like, possibly a dangerous snake to that kid. So, we see him, and he's, you know, he's being admonished, because he picked, I presume, like, the wrong, of like, herbs that they're after, and then the next day, this kid... He gets a piece of string and a rock, and he ties it to a fish, a frog, and a snake. And, like, the most insane thing is that it's actual animals he's doing this to. Like, there are... He's... Like, he is tying rock, a rock to an actual fish, to an actual snake, to an actual frog. And it's just like, what? Like, that is insane. Like, you can't do that anymore. And, and I should say, this film was made in, I believe, 2003? So, like, that's very interesting that this film from the early 2000s has got, like, actual animal cruelty in it like that's really just that's really just like f that's really after like that they would have it that they would actually do that that's the crazy thing too and it's just insane so the kid does this and the entire time the old monk is like watching him do this like, the old monk is, like, keeping an eye on him and being like, oh, you're doing this, huh? And then the kid, this makes, it's really funny, but it makes sense. And it, and it is very much, it's a, the film, like I say, is incredibly metaphorical. Like, there's so much metaphor that I probably haven't even gathered from this first viewing. Um, the kid has a rock tied to him and he wakes up and somehow there's, he gets the rock tied him and he doesn't notice. But, like, who cares? That doesn't matter. It's not important. That's not, like, important to the story. And so the kid wakes up and he's told, basically, he's got to go, you know, find those animals and free them from the rock or he will... In fact, I've got the quote written here. He will... Uh, the quote is, he will carry the stone in his heart forever. Um, you know, which is a metaphor. If the animal will die, that he will always have that, you know, sort of stone in his heart of killing those animals. So he finds the animals. The fish has died. The fish has died. Like the f- so he, you know, he buries the fish 
He then finds the frog. The frog is alive. And so he, you know, unties the frog and the frog continues on. And then he finds the snake, which is like super dead. Like it is, it is, it is like, like just really just goodness. It is just, oh my goodness. It's just, it's so bad that like this happened in the 21st century like actual animals were killed for the sake of a film like that's just nuts isn't it it's insane i thought it just oh my goodness it's so nuts then this kid after he sees the snake he starts to cry and he, he's really good at it and it makes me super uncomfortable because it's upset or in pain or something really just like gets under my skin and I just don't like it and it just makes me feel like like <laughs> so like that is the end of the first chapter and like so the film also I will say has like has minimal location like all like we only see like the monastery and like the surrounding forest all we see in this all the film is and we have minimal characters, primarily the boy and the mong. And the dialogue is just as minimal. It's basically non-existent. Mostly. I, I honestly think this film didn't even need dialogue. It could have worked without the dialogue. So then we move on to the next season, which is Summer. Which is about it, it. It doesn't make it obvious how much time has skipped, but the kid is now he's a teenager, and so the first thing, like the first time we see him, he's just watching food snakes just like go in at it, and I'm just like, geez, like, cause I mean to be fair, it's just him and this like old monk, like he can't like there's like it's just those two people, all he you know is living with, and I think they've also got a they've actually got an aunt, they've got a pet as well. I'll say that, but you know, don't do anything without that. So, yeah, and then we're introduced to another couple characters: this girl and her mother who come to visit, basically. And so they take her in, and the boy, you know, he's getting all like a little antsy because he thinks she's very pretty. And it's just like, and it makes sense because of, you know, and it's, and it's not even like it's unrealistic. Like, it's incredibly realistic that this guy who's probably never seen another, who's never seen someone of the opposite gender in his life is like, you know, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? So attracted to this girl because he's probably never seen a girl before. And so they, you know, several times, you know, do it. And one time they do it right by the monk, like the like the Buddhist monk, and it's just like, well, that's just, ugh. That's just like, why? That's just really weird. And then, then, then one time they do it, they do it in the boat and they get caught. So instead of the monk just waking them up or anything, he starts to 
He just like pulls like the a plug. He just like makes a hole in the boat and it starts to sink as they're like in the boat. And so they wake up and they have to get out and then she's sent away because of I believe of like the Buddhist um religion. So then he goes after her. And so that is the end of Summer. That is the end of that part of the film. And I, I was I, I was I was making notes as I was watching this film, but I was trying like because I made a lot of notes and, and I will say for the last two seasons for winter and for spring, I didn't make notes. I don't have notes. So I'm gonna just like like because of I was just so enthralled and so invested in the film that I just didn't have notes. But I, I can't talk about them. It's just I don't have notes to read off of. So the kid, the boy leaves with the, um, so the girl's sent away and the boy leaves, leaving the monk all by himself in the monastery. Mon, mon, monastery? Jesus. The monastery. And yeah, so that's the end of that season. And there's autumn. And again, as I said earlier, each season has a title card for the season they're in, and then it opens on the doors, the, like the swinging doors on the air, and, and you know the water level has risen because of the time of year and everything. So the platform is now like there isn't like you can't see the like if you step on the platform, you will be like in ankle ankles. So now the old man is. He also, through each of these seasons, you can see him progressively aging. In each season, he's getting progressive, like the hair is changing, it's getting older. And so this is very much a good way of showing, like, you know, progression and age, because it, because, you know, if you don't know what this film's really about, you, you just, you just see also it says it's summer, and then you can tell that, like, well, there's a total card that says someone, but you can tell, like, the water level is different and everything, and so you can tell. So it's, it's a very good way of, you know, sort of sh moving through time and such. So the old man now has a, has a white cat, and so he's reading, like, a newspaper and everything, and about this man who has uh, murdered his wife. And the only reason I know about this is because of that podcast I mentioned earlier, where they talk about this, so... But, like... The the th crazy thing is, if you haven't seen, if you don't, if you don't know what it's about, you don't know anything that happens in the film, and you can't read Korean and everything, it doesn't matter because like you find out anyway that he did this, and so the the boy the old the the boy comes back is now a man and he's got the the knife is still bloody for some reason I think it yeah you know, it's like a metaphorical like you know. He sort of left with, I guess, blood on his hand, blood on his hands, I guess, and he's sort of coming back with this bloody knife to sort of, you know, and, and it's also to help the audience along if they don't know what's happened, if they're not exactly sure, they haven't put the pieces together yet. That oh, he that's he, this is the kid for this, and you know, and we, and you know, it's the kid from earlier because why else would he return, you know? And I just like this sort of metaphor of like he he left that monk lifestyle and he you know became a murderer, and so now he's come back to sort of yes 
pay for his sins, repentance, I guess, if that if I use that word correctly, I don't know. So he then tries to kill himself. He suffered he puts paper over like his face, his like his eyes and his mouth and everything so that he suffocates, but he's caught and then he's beaten repeatedly with like a bamboo stick. Because uh the master that doesn't want him like he doesn't deserve that kind of death. He shouldn't commit suicide and get out of what he did. He should instead like die an honorable not an honorable death, but a, a different kind of death. So he's then hung from the roof. Not by his neck, by like his arms or something. So then he falls down and he gets this knife, this bloody this blood covered knife, and just like cuts his hair off and then you're very and you're just sort of like, well and I, and I was watching it and I was like, Well, what is this? What is he doing? And then you realize that he's like returning to that monk, the 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 Buddhist lifestyle, and so he cuts the hair off. So he's got like a basically a buzz cut, basically. And I think I was just thinking that the the, the knife still has blood on it, and I sort of like that symbolism, that metaphor, I guess, if you will, of um, like he's using you know this bloody knife that he killed his wife with. Wife with is you know also like. He's bringing that, you know, he's sort of using the wife that killed his, the weapon that killed his wife to sort of bring himself back to the um, lifestyle and sort of the, the symbolism you could interpret from that. Now, again, there's even more animal cruelty in this world. It's not as bad because an animal doesn't die, but the cat that the old man has gotten a familiar, he's dipping its tail in ink. And is painting various like Korean characters over the um, over like the monastery, and it's just like oh, Jesus. What is this film with like goddamn like animal cruelty? Like, and it's just like. And it's just like. Why are they doing this to this poor cat? <coughs> sorry. <coughs> sorry. So, they're doing this, and this... And, I, and just before this, actually, sorry, we see a... um, We see two police officers who are... um, Who are, like, been chasing after the... The guy who killed his wife. And, uh, so... So then, they come to the monastery, and they're gonna, you know, arrest him and everything. But, um... They're, you know, gonna be arresting him and everything. But before they do that... The uh, kid, the boy, I, I'm going to call it boy. Then, uh, so I'm actually just doing a little quick search up. <clears throat> Basically, so it says what they are carving into is the Heart Sutra, which is a is a popular sutra in Mayana, my. Mahayana Buddhism, and it basically said, form is emptiness, emptiness is form. So, it basically is saying, 
Um, I'm just going to quickly do like a quick read, find a summary of the of this thing. But so they find the guy and they're going to arrest him. But before they do, he has to be carved. So basically, the uh, the, the old monkey's he's painting all the symbols now with this cat's tail. This poor cat and the cat is like trying to escape. It is like scratching and clawing and meowing and everything. And so that the oh sorry, but then the the guy the guy guy is also using his knife to carve like each of them out onto the wood. And basically sort of, I guess, pay for what he did to repay somewhat. And so it says here, it's the, uh, so like I said, it's the uh, Heart Sutra. And it is basically, like, I don't really know how to say it. I'm not really sure. um, It's sort of like, It says here it's basically a extremely briefly at highly influential distillation of the essence of Prajnaparamita perfection of wisdom writings. So yeah, that's basically what it is. And he so he carves this out, you know, and he's to repay for what he did, and then he is taken away and arrested by the police. And then there's the um so then there, then the monk, because he's very old, he basically he hops on a boat, builds like gets pieces of wood, lights it on fire, tapes the paper to his face that we saw earlier in the film that the of the guy to kill himself with, and he just burns himself. And then there's symbolism of a uh, sea snake that uh that's that like swims away, uh I I to say that. He has been reincarnated as a sea snake, which is a very famous like belief in the Buddha in Buddhism religion that um, when people die they are re um, what's the word not reanimated re re uh, what's it called they're brought back you know as sea snakes I believe I think it was to the effect of like it was something to that effect like re um. I can't think of the word right now. Ah, damn it. I really cannot think of what this word is, but they're re... They're brought back, I guess, in a different life as a sea, as a sea snake. Man, I cannot say that correctly. Then we move on to winter, and I'm, this might not be because I'm just talking about the film and what happens, but I think, like, honestly, I think this is... It's a very interesting film to discuss, and in future I might do a redux, a, a, a proper episode of other people talking about this film. Because, honestly, I think this is a, so much discussion we could get from this. We could get, like, a two-hour episode out of this, like, positive. So then we come back to winter, and, you know, more time has passed, and the lake is frozen over. There's, you know, there's water, you know, it's all frozen over. There's ice, there's snow and everything, and so the guy returns... And he goes back in, and he starts taking up the uh, the trainings again. And there's a snake in there. I pre- presume to be you know symbolism for the uh, the old monk who used to live there, you know. And, and and so the snake is still living in that place as this, you know, this guy. And and, he, and so then he finds the guy finds all these martial arts books, and he starts 
there's like a montage of martial arts, which is a bit, of, which is a bit strange, and I think is like a bit of a weird choice for this film, considering how kind of um, not to say it's silly, but it just feels a tad out of place in this film. I don't know why. I just think it does personally. Then we meet this person, this unidentified person, and I am saying person because we legitimately don't know who they are. We cannot see their face. Like, their face is covered by, like, a purple, um, like, how would I put it? Like, it's a, it's a purple, like, piece of fabric or something. You cannot see their face. And I've heard sort of interpretations that it doesn't really matter that the gender or race or identity of the person doesn't matter because it's not important to the story. And I would argue it isn't. Um, it's probably a woman based on just like the voice and how they sound and everything. They Because there are noises that they make but it's primarily and it sounds like it's a female. But that doesn't matter. And so then... And so then she, she's got a baby with her as well. And then she, so then she's, um, she leaves the baby with this bonk on the, uh, monastery. And so then she leaves, um, and earlier on in this, um, part in the, in winter, we see the, um, <clears throat> The guy, the, the boy, he's he like digs a hole in the ice to get water from, and like to wait, and like when he wakes up in the morning, he like watches his face with it. She doesn't notice this, and falls in, and uh, is it dies. Um, I think is a is a tad silly, personally, and so then the child realizes this. And, um, so then he, the child is like crawls out and escapes from the place and is about to fall in, but then is rescued by the guy and he leaves like sort of a, um, what's like the word I'm looking for? A memorial, I guess you could say. He, he well, he fishes the body out with like a, a giant stick and then he, um, leaves a sort of a memorial, I guess, for it. Then it's one of I think probably my favorite scene of this uh, of the film is the guy, and so he's he ties a rock to himself. So he basically gets like a rope and ties like a, a decently sized rock. It's not like it's a massive rock, but it's like decently sized to the point that like it would be heavy to lug around. So he ties it to himself, uh, and so then he. So he ties the rock to himself, and he starts like, eh, um, I built, you know, which is a reference and a callback to early, the um, three animals that he tied rocks to earlier in the film: the fish, the frog, and the snake. And so he ties the rock to himself, and he starts like climbing up this mountain. I built to sort of, I guess you could say, re in a piece. Um, and so he does this, and. 
So he's doing this, and I also, while I was watching this scene, there was a, a specific thing, a, a sort of a, um, what's like, hmm, I, I'm trying to sort of speak, try to sort of give, try to, um, like, as I was watching this, I had a sort of unique interpretation of, uh, sort of my interpretation of what it is. I, I highly doubt it was meant to be taken this way because it's like Norse or slash Greek mythology that my sort of interpretation is based on. And in fact, it is um on the Wikipedia page here, it says, um, and so basically, and so basically, He, it says here that this him doing this to sort of um complete this um well because also like he's like training and everything sort of for self discipline I guess and he so he ties the monastery's large circular stone like a circular stone to his body and it says here it is emblematic of the Buddhist bhavakra which is the wheel of life and birth. And he takes the statue and he sort of goes on and he's reflecting about the animals that he tormented. And he basically, and he also takes the statue that we see earlier in the film that um, the girl who visits him early on that he, you know, gets it on with. She's sitting on the stone and he, I believe he tells her to move because it's like an important thing. And she sits on it later and he doesn't tell her to move. And then it's sort of a nice culmination of the story of him leaving the of taking the statue with him and leaving it on the top overlooking the monastery and i my also i also took an interpretation that that like well not an interpretation but more something that it reminded me of was um of sisyphus sisyphus who is a um basically this guy who was punished in the underworld by the god of Zeus, and he has to basically continuously roll a boulder up a hill for eternity, and, you know, just before he gets to the top, it drops, and he has to go get it, and he just keeps doing that. And that was sort of a, a, sort of a correlation, I guess, and in, in sort of slash interpretation, I guess you could say, that this film also has, that this film sort of features. And I, and I highly doubt it was intentional, because, like I said, it was... It's like a Zeus thing, and Zeus is like a bit, and then that's like a um, you know, a Greek Norse thing. But that was just something that sort of reminded me of it, you know, sort of this guy who is he punished because there's sometimes where you know he falls and he he drops it and he falls and he roll and he loses it and he falls down the hill and you know sort of like well will he go get it or will he just give up, you know, and that's sort of what Sisyphus is, you know, he he but he can't give up, you know, and he. And you know, he, he just has to keep doing this fraternity, and that's just sort of, you know, I think a correlation that I don't think was intentional, but I just sort of got in my mind. And so then we move on to the final season, and and spring is spring again. So the baby that we witnessed earlier is now a young boy, played by I believe the same young boy who we saw at the beginning of the film. Who once again is who is tormenting more animals. This time he finds a turtle, and uh, he's tormenting the turtle. He's like rapping on. He's like rapping on the shell, and he's like he. Then this time instead of tying a rock 
big animals, he forces a rock into their mouth. So he puts one in the fish's mouth, it like upends itself because it's like overbalanced. The frog has got one, it can't let go. It's on the snake's mouth and everything. And uh, these scenes, by the way, apparently when this film was released in the US, uh, those scenes were deleted. Which makes sense because they're very disturbing. And so it's basically the cycle continues, you know? It's sort of uh, this sort of vicious cycle, I guess you could say, continues. And then the film ends. So, uh, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a really, really good film. I really, really enjoyed it. I uh, talked to a couple people about this after I watched it, and, and, I, and I said that I will probably watch this film, like, a handful of times in my life because it's a film that, like... I probably wouldn't want to watch all the time because it's a bit because it's it's very philosophical, it's very metaphorical, and not that I don't understand that, but it's like that's just like a that's like I'm not always feeling in the mood to be super philosophical about something. Plus, I just think it, I just feel a bit uncomfortable at times. But like besides that, like it is a remarkably made film, beautiful cinematography, great acting. You know the, the 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 very limited like sets and production design the film has are all fantastic. Everything, all the interpretations that can be taken or given on the film is remarkable. Um, but it is uh, it is being held back by the fact that there are a handful of scenes that I didn't like. It made me feel a little uncomfortable. But uh, beyond that, this film is fantastic, and I give it a nine out of ten. So. Yes, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you feel interested to go watch this film, it's you just search for it. It's free on YouTube. And if you can't find one with the subtitles, that is totally fine. You will the story will make just as much sense without the subtitles, without knowing what they're saying. Uh so where could you find me? Uh we'll check out the podcast on Apple, on Spotify, uh, I believe, uh, and SoundCloud and uh, and uh, and uh, for the Apple podcast, it should be on places like Overcast and such like places like that. So, yeah, check us out on that. Check me out on Letterboxd at William F. Uh, check this podcast's Facebook page out at, at The Movies with William Fletcher. Check, us, check out our Instagram at The Movies with William Fletcher. Uh, feel free to email us to get in contact, just uh, at The Movies Will Fletcher, I think it should be. Uh, and so, yeah, that's pretty much it for this. I will be launching a website hopefully soon i know i said this at every episode but hopefully we will have an epi- a, a website up soon and um i might just do like a sort of quick uh mini sort of thing explaining what's on the website and everything uh but yeah that's pretty much it for this week's episode thank you all for listening i can't i look forward to seeing you all on the next one goodbye <laughs>